0: Just go to Indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: 20 minutes a day. 365 days a year. Back in day podcast.
2: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Packaday Podcast. I'm your host Andy Herman. You can follow me on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. And finally, once again, joining me is the one and only Perry Goldstein. Perry, welcome the heck back to the podcast. I am so excited to be chatting Packers with you once again. Same.
3: Where have I been? <laughs> so
2: I don't know. It's been that. a busy. It's already, like it's not even like the. Like I feel like it's, we're just getting into true summer finally, but like yeah. it's already been a crazy summer.
3: I'm ready for some real football. And I feel like now that minicamp is here and everyone's back in the building. You see Rodgers in the red practice jersey got me so amped up. Like the offseason, when you go into it after the Super Bowl, it feels like it's going to take forever.
2: And then all of a sudden it's June. You're like, oh, football's back. This is great. I, I just realized as we're talking right now, did we ever find out what their big team activity was on Thursday that they all did as a group? I think they went paintballing. Got it. That makes sense. I never saw it. I, I don't know where you're not on um,
3: Instagram.
2: I guess I need to be on Instagram more. That's my, that's my fault. That's on me. This is why we have you on for, ins- I'm gonna, we're going to do a weekly Instagram update of like, I what did do I that. miss on Instagram this week? So I can definitely do that. Amazing. All right. So what we're going to do today uh, is we are going to go over the top 10 most important Packers in 2022 not named Aaron Rodgers, because that would be lame, because we all know Aaron Rodgers is number one. Everybody's quarterback is basically number one for every team. So we're just going to ignore the fact that Aaron Rodgers is clearly the most important pack of this upcoming season. And we are going to go through the remaining 10 most important packers for the season. It has to be players. Can't be a coach. Can't be a GM. Can't be Rich Passaccia. It can't be anything like that. So has to just be players. We have not exchange notes ahead of time so nope. we may have the exact same 10 players we might be totally different we may have different orders we have no idea going into this we are going to discuss this uh in you know live right now as we're talking about this so Perry I will let you kick things off with the number 1 player the number 1 most important packer not named Aaron Rodgers for this upcoming season
3: okay so I have to caveat my first two picks because they're a little bit interchangeable because they're very similar reasons. Okay. Um, so they're more like a one, a one B, but I have number one, Dave Bakhtiari. Um, I think it's pretty self-explanatory why I would pick him. Obviously left tackle, you're protecting quarterbacks blind side. He's was arguably one of the best left tackles in the league before he went down. And I think he's even more important going into the season because we saw what happened when they lost him for an entire season and what this offensive line shuffle was like. And on top of all of that, his injury is still a huge question mark going into this season. Like I think it's fair to say, I'm wondering if he's going to start week one. And I think it's a reasonable question to be asking. So the idea of he having David Bakhtiari potentially not on the field would very much impact the success of the 2022 Packers.
2: We are 1 million percent in lockstep. David Bakhtiari is number one on my list. And I just think you look at the extremes here, right? If you told me that David Bakhtiari had some sort of setback and didn't play this entire year, and I'm not, I don't think that's going to happen. I'm obviously we're not even speaking into existence, but if that happened that like, it's not like it's super like insanely out of like the realm of like crazy possibility. Right. If you told me that he came back and played in every single game and playoffs and looked like all pro David Bakhtiari, I would totally believe that as well. And yeah. anything in the middle, he plays two games, he plays three games, he plays a lot of games, but isn't quite all pro David Bakhtiari. Any of the, any extreme and anything in the middle to me is within the realm of believable possibility at this point. And the difference between no David Bakhtiari, Yash Nijman is probably your starting left tackle for the entirety of the season or all pro left tackle. David Bakhtiari is starting every single game and playing in every single game is insane. And I think we clearly saw to me, the biggest difference in efficiency for the Packers or lack of efficiency in 2021 that we saw in 2020 Red zone efficiency, third down efficiency, scoring efficiency, all those sort of things was the drop in the play of the offensive line. And that's not just David Bakhtiari, but losing Corey Lindsley from one season to the next, losing Elton Jenkins midway through the season. All of those sort of things combined together led to a less efficient offense. And if all this like, listen, I trust Adam Stenovich, I trust Luke Butkus. If they roll out there through the regular season with Yash Neishman, John Runyon Jr., Josh Myers, Royce Newman, whether it's Sean Ryan or Cole Van Landen, I don't even care. I have faith that they are going to cobble together a good enough offensive line to make this thing work through the regular season. But I just have major concerns and questions of, once again, when playoff time rolls around and you're facing some of the best of the best, can you get by without some of these guys? And that is clearly why David Bakhtieri to me is number one on this list. Absolutely, Could not
3: agree more. I think the Packers have done an incredible job with not just adding competent and like above average depth, but shuffling around enough with their best five um, to be good enough. But also you do wonder with the best five decision that they made in the 49ers game, like whether that was the right decision. And if David Bachter had been out there, that game might've ended differently. Um, and so I think I don't know if he'd be as high, to be honest. If we knew he was one hundred percent, you know, fully back and healthy sure. for next season, he he probably would. He would probably be somewhere in top five. But I think the question marks surrounding him are are why he's number one. But you led me right into my one B slash number two, which is Elton Jenkins for very similar reasons, right? If he can come back as soon as possible you automatically have one of the best interior offensive linemen's back or you can put him at right tackle or if David Bocrary is not healthy you can put him out at left tackle it just it makes All the rest of the offensive line decisions that much easier and obviously protecting Aaron Rodgers is paramount that's number one you just said it like offensive line protecting Aaron Rodgers and allowing this offense to run the way it should giving him time in the pocket if he needs or giving him the protection that he needs or opening up the gaps in the run game everything like about this offense runs through this offensive line and this offensive line is better with Elton back now again I don't know what the time frame is. Um, I don't think they're going to be very forthcoming with it. But you know that the success of the Packers is going to steadily increase the sooner Allen Jenkins is back on the field.
2: Yeah. So I had Elton Jenkins three, but once again, we're very much in the same, same, you know, ballpark here. So uh, a couple other things that I'll say, and again, I think you bring up a great point about like, if Bakhtiari was healthy, then is he number one? And so on, so forth. I think the same thing goes for like Jenkins, right? So like, meaning if, if Jenkins was healthy, maybe Bakhtiari is not so high, or if Bakhtiari was healthy, maybe Jenkins isn't so high, right? Because you feel like you have that baked in like other guy that's still really dominant on your offensive line, but with both of them being question marks, that again just opens up that can of worms in sort of those worst case scenarios of like what if Bakhtiari can't go and then what if Elton Jenkins has a setback and now we like are in no man's land and again we're not playing games until September you know we, Jenkins very unlikely to be ready to go you know to the start of the season but who knows what that um, start point is for him and when he can ultimately get back but I think both of them being hurt you know again opens up sort of the can of worms of why both of them are also so insanely important and the other thing I'll just note here too is. I do think that at times, Aaron Rodgers was sort of able to cheat the game and have offensive line maybe not matter quite as much because you had Devontae Adams on the outside and he could win in like a millisecond, right? So like if he sees that Adams is one-on-one in any capacity, he can make a quick check, balls out of his hands, Adams has got the ball and you're good to go. I do think with no Devontae Adams and no just like, that we know of it's not to say that Lazard couldn't take a step. It's not to say that Watson or, you know, um, Dobbs or somebody isn't all of a sudden really good, but like, as we know right now, or maybe Sammy Watkins gets to his whatever, as we know right now, we just don't have the idea that there's this player that can gain that immediate separation with regularity, right. Or with, um, you know, consistency. So if that, if you don't have that now, again, if, if players are taking a little bit longer to separate down the field and you don't have that Devonte Adams sort of cheat code, then the offensive line becomes that much more important, which again is why I think ultimately Bakhtiari and Jenkins become just so incredibly important, whether it's one A and one B for you, one and three, for me, we are very much in lockstep here. So who's number two for you? Number two for me is Rashawn Gary. And son's number three for me. Yeah. All so right, So, yeah. yeah. And I, again, I feel like most of these are, I feel like sort of low hanging fruit to begin with. Um, and I think we'll get maybe uh, a little bit of differentiating going forward, but to me for Rashawn Gary and why I put him as number two, this defense is, is supposed to be just like fantastic everywhere, right? They've got the, every piece that they need and everything's supposed to fit in place. The one thing that I will say is I think collectively this group is a good pressure group, which means like Rashawn Gary is going to get his pressures. We saw what Preston Smith can do two out of his three years consistently getting pressures. Kenny's not like the quick twitch guy that's going to get up the field and immediately get sacks, but he's going to collapse the pocket and he's going to get his pressures. We think Devontae Wyatt can get that. Dean Lowry's been better, um, especially the second half of last season. I think Quay Walker is going to be a very good blitzer from the inside. I think collectively, especially with the corners that you have on the back end, I think collectively, this is a good pressure group. But I also feel like, A, you need... One person who is just sort of your alpha and can like be relied upon for consistent yeah. pressure. And to me, that needs to be Rashawn Gary. Cause as I mentioned, like we know what Preston is. Kenny's going to be a little bit more of a slow burn. Asking that of a rookie and Devontae Wyatt, we know what Lowry is. It, it's that sort of has to be Rashawn Gary. So like he sort of just needs to be that. I'm going to get a ton of pressures. And I think he had, legitimately can elevate himself to arguably one of the best pass rushers in the league. And I don't think that's hyperbole. So if you're talking like all of a sudden like an 18 sack guy or potentially even if he just like is what he is right right which is a really good pass rusher maybe that's not quite as good or it worse. like if you would lose him to injury or something like that and the other thing i'll say here really quick is the difference between Rashawn gary as that edge rusher and either a kingsley and igbari or a randy ramsey or a tipa naliyai or a jonathan garvin the gap between him and his next guy up is maybe the most massive of anyone on this team outside of maybe yeah. Aaron Rodgers. So uh, yeah. to me he's he's very much in the conversation anywhere in the top 3. I think number 2 or number 3 both make sense, but that's why he was number 2 for me.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data
3: Yep, I had very similar reasons. I think just the only thing, you know, differing was to me going into this off season, like edge didn't feel like the strongest group. Um, so, like similar to what you said, right? There, there is some gap in terms of depth. So, Rashawn Gary becomes even more important when you have him on the field. Like he's going to produce so much more than your even number three edge rusher, right? And. Look, Rashawn was drafted number 12 overall. We knew he was a developmental prospect. He's been showing signs of increasing every single season. He's now going into year three, where he's stepping into that Zadarius Smith role, right? He is about to become your edge one. And you hope that this now, junior year, if you will, if you want to use the high school terms that we like, is the year. Like, this is the year where he can put it all together. And he can become that that dominant edge rusher. And I think that's the expectation. And I think it's a fair expectation to have of him because that's the ascension that he's been going on. And it's where he was drafted for, for this reason. So if he can become that guy, too, like you already, I already look at this defense as like a wrecking ball. Like this defense could be one of the best defenses in the league if you look at it on paper. And a lot of that comes down to, How much can Rashawn Gary do and then allow the rest of the D-line to do as well?
2: And again, I think if you look at what this team, like you're mentioning, is capable of from a team standpoint, and this is the defense as a whole, right? If those three corners, Stokes and Savage and Douglas, are covering the way that we think that they can, Quay Walker and Devondre Campbell are you know dominating the middle of the field and getting to all their spots with their quickness. You've got Preston Smith coming off one edge, Kenny Clark, and maybe a you know Devontae Wyatt or maybe a, you know who TJ Slayton, Jerron Reed, who knows, collapsing the pocket from the inside. I mean, man, that's how you set up a player to be successful. When, you know, if Rashawn Gary is going to be that guy, it helps a lot when you've got all the pieces around you to help you out. Again, there's nothing that tells me he can't be one of the best absolute edge rushers in this league. Now's the time. I think he's, like you said, he's progressed every single year. And if he takes that one last step and elevates to that guy, I mean, look the heck out. It's just a totally different team. When you've got that, just again, dominant edge rusher, it just changes your team. And we've already seen in practice, they're lining them up in that Zedaria Smith role, lining them up over center. They're moving them around. Like they're doing stuff with them already. I I couldn't be more excited for Rashawn Gary this year. And clearly are, are, you know, one of the the most important Packers on this team this year. I love uh, to hear that.
3: That's very exciting.
2: I know. Number four, I'm ready. I'm ready for your number four.
3: Okay. My number four, I think also long hanging fruit is Jair Alexander. Mm -hmm. Um, obviously I had him higher. I actually moved mine around a good bit. Like I, I, thought about it a little bit and I was like, I gotta move around, but he has to be top five. Um, one of the best cornerbacks in the league, right? He elevates the entire defense, he locks down an entire side of the field, he can be moved into the slot, he can do anything you ask of him. Um, I loved a quote he had the other day about how much he likes to rush the passer, how much he likes to blitz. And he's like, When I do that, I get there, you know. And it's true, he does everything and he does it at an elite level. And I think you also think about what he brings in terms of in tandem with the rest. So you get Stokes, you get Douglas, you get the two safeties, he just brings everybody up around him. He's kind of like the Aaron Rodgers of that side, right? Like he's going to bring everybody around him to just like play better. And the Packers didn't have him last year. So you're automatically getting a uh, hopefully more successful secondary because you're getting your best player back in Jair Alexander. And I imagine he's also, I like to think sometimes of some of the intangibles, if you will, like non-football stuff that impacts play on the field and you're getting a guy who hasn't played who feels like now he probably wants to prove why he just got paid to be the highest cornerback in the league and is just ready to like put up the stats and put up the numbers and hopefully have another all pro you know pro Bowl type year and I can imagine he's itching for that ring too after not playing for most of the season so you're getting like extra juice from him as
2: well and I don't know I personally can't wait to have him back. I thought you'd have them higher just for your affinity towards corners. I was was trying
3: trying to be objective.
2: Fair, fair, fair. So I had them at five. So again, not very different here. I had them at number five. Um, The only reason I didn't have him higher, because clearly he's one of the most important players on the team is because of how much trust I have in Stokes and Douglas, right? Like, I just think you have now the difference between Jair and the number three, and you're constantly playing number three, even though I've liked what I've seen out of Kayshawn Nixon so far, that is a massive drop off between those two. Again, should something happen to Jair? So I definitely think his importance is unbelievable. Um, And as you, I go back to the Minnesota game, uh, the second Minnesota game in Minnesota last year, right? Douglas and Stokes there, you've got two really good corners. Guess what? Justin Jefferson had a freaking day. And because right. of that, you lost that game. If Jair Alexander's in that game, you don't lose that game, at least not at the hands of Justin Jefferson, right? Like it, him going off in that game just doesn't happen because Jair Alexander's going to travel wherever the heck Justin Jefferson is. I'm not saying Justin Jefferson's not going to come up with a couple of plays because he's that freaking good, but he's not going to go off for 100 plus whatever and a couple, t- whatever he had in that game. He's not having like that game. 50 and two yeah, touchdowns. Exactly, right? Like yeah. So like he's not doing that with Jair there, right? So that's a, a win in my opinion, that Green Bay has just based on Jair Alexander being in that game. Like yeah. that, that's how important that he is. They have an extra win. Not that it would have mattered. They still finished number one in the NFC and whatever. It doesn't matter all that. much. like that's an extra win in the win column just by having him on the field, which is insane. You don't say that about very many players. So uh, his importance is incredible. Like you said, outside, inside can play anywhere. And he's going to travel with whoever your best corner is or best wide receiver is, um, you know, on obvious passing downs and when you need him to. So he is a stud. He is, there's a reason they gave him the number one, you know, corner contract in all of football. He's incredibly important. Important to this team and, and clearly in the top five for the Packers this year. I'll give you my number four.
3: Okay.
2: Kenny Clark. I have Kenny Clark okay. at number four. Um, I just. Like Kenny feel, Clark
3: at six. So we're like right, so way there. Here. Yeah. All right.
2: So I just have felt since basically Kenny Clark's been here, and I know this defense is better now, and I know this defensive line is better now, but it just always feels like this defense goes as Kenny Clark goes. When he is dominant on the inside, you can't run on the inside. And when he is collapsing pockets on the inside, he is making everything easier for Sean Gary. He's making everything easier for Preston Smith. He is, which then inherently makes things easier for your corners and your safeties, like for the longest time I've said like Kenny Clark is the fulcrum that everything else on this defense revolves around. You're setting the edge to funnel everything back into Kenny Clark. Kenny Clark is making the entire run process run defense process easier for Devondre Campbell and now Quay Walker and Chris Barnes, because he's eating those blocks on the inside when he just hulks up and plays at that Kenny Clark freak ability that he can play at this defense just feels dominant at times. And I think for the first time they like, I feel like if he missed a game, like in the last, since he's been here, I'm like, Oh crap. Like they yeah. don't have anything. I feel like you can get away with TJ Slayton, Jerron Reed and, you know, Dean Lowry and, you know, Devonte Wyatt. And this line for the first time, I'm like, they can, they can get by for a handful of games if need be without Kenny Clark, which is a very nice feeling to have for the first time in a long time, which is why I don't have them higher. But again, I just always feel like this defense goes how Kenny goes. And when he's dominant, this defense is dominant.
3: That's exactly why I had him six too, because they did. I mean, there's a reason, right? Why Packers fans after this draft were like, Kenny Clark finally has help," because we know how much he holds this line together. And we know what a difference it is. like when he went down, what was it? 20, early 2020 season and everyone's just like holding their breath, hoping yep. it's not something serious because without him, it's a completely different defense. Like he, is one of the most underrated players in the league to me. I know the Packers gave him the bag. Obviously they don't think he is, but I still don't think he's talked about enough as like probably the best nose tackle in the league. He eats up double teams like crazy. He allows the edge rushers to get to the quarterback the way he does. So he's still super important, but it almost makes him potentially even more impactful. So if you're thinking about your original question of like what's going to what's going to make them more successful this season... Well, now he actually has help, so maybe he is going to be even better than he's been. And we we're talking about a player who's been in, what is this his sixth season?
2: Yeah, six
3: already. Seven, yeah, it's crazy. No, this is this is a vet. He's young. He's my age, twenty younger than me, twenty six. But he's a vet now, so he knows this game. He knows his skill set. He's playing at the top of his game, and now he has help. Like, I can't wait to see. He might even be better this year.
2: And, and the other thing I'll just say really quick too is like and kind of going to what you're saying here is like, imagine he doesn't have to play 80% of the snaps every week. And imagine he gets to December and January and he's like, wow, my legs feel great in December and yeah. January for the first time ever, because I haven't played 80% of the snaps because Green Bay can't take me off the field. Like he, like you said, he might feel better and play better because he just doesn't have as much wear and tear at the end of the year. So I'm um, incredibly important player. Very, very excited for his season. Who is your number five though? Now I'm, I'm intrigued.
3: So my number five might actually be like my a surprise. I think okay. the rest of mine might be a, a little bit of a surprise. So my number five is Aaron Jones. Okay. And I say this because you lose Devonta Adams and now you look at this offense and you're like, okay, who's the Packers most productive offensive weapon? And the answer is Aaron Jones, right? Like this is a guy who might be the only player on this team to reach a thousand yards from scrimmage this year. Like, that is impressive. That is someone that, you know, Rogers is going to lean on and who's going to be able to do everything. Right. He, when Aaron Jones is at his best, he's like a dual threat. Cause he also, I think there was one season, maybe it was 2020 or 2019 or both where he had the second most passes caught as well. Right. So He is going to, I think, fill some holes. Now, no one is going to fill Devontae Adams. This is going to be a a fill the hole by committee situation. But when I think about the player who is going to, and I'll get to maybe my next player, who I think will also be a little bit of a security blanket, but it's going to be Aaron Jones to me in my mind. And you get both him and A.J. Dillon on the field, and then you don't know who's going to do what because they both can be so impactful to the game. So I think we're sleeping on Aaron Jones's um, impact on this offense a little bit.
2: I was definitely sleeping on Aaron Jones. And I, and the more that, you know, we, as you bring this up, I had, not only did I have a top 10, but I had five honorable mentions on my list and Aaron Jones was not in any of my top 10 or five honorable <laughs> mentions.
1: Whoa. Uh,
2: clearly deaf. I still believe he wouldn't have been in my top 10, but he probably should have been in my honorable mentions at least. But The first is that I just, A, I generally don't value the running back position all that much. B, when you have A.J. Dillon backing him up, I definitely feel like the the difference between going from Jones to Dillon may be not quite as great in that situation. Um, But
1: better with
3: both.
2: With both, clearly. Different
3: offense, better offense with both.
2: And to your point... One of the things that I'm going to do an episode on this in a video, I actually have it in my, I have a nice little to-do list of different videos. I want to get to But one of the videos <laughs> I want to get to is playmakers within this Packers offense. And I just think that ultimately the, the Packers. and I'm going to talk about this a little bit more in a second with one of my picks as well. I don't think the Packers have a ton of like get the ball in their hands and they're going to make magic happen sort of playmakers. Right. And Aaron Jones is clearly that guy on this team. That's a very Rachel Hopmeyer. I feel like. <laughs> maybe or maybe Rachel stole it from you one of the two uh but anyway um but clearly he, you you get the ball in his hands and he has the opportunity to make some of that magic happen right so uh i i am uh, i underrated him i think you're totally right and uh i don't know that i would have had him 5 uh, or even maybe in my top 10 but i definitely should have had him somewhere on my list somewhere so i like your arguments and i think you're you're definitely right here so uh, okay. all right let me get to my number 6 Okay. Um, I have Preston Smith as my number six. And okay. um, for me, a lot of the same reasons with Rashawn Gary, right? The biggest differentiator between, you know, going from Preston Smith to again, whether it's in Igbari, Ramsey, Tipa, Garvin, whoever you want to put in that spot is to me just a massive drop off. And then two, I think we've seen two very different Preston Smiths over the course of his career uh, or in green Bay, I should say in the last three years. Right. So like first half of 2019 Preston Smith was insane. Like just insane. Second half of 2019, meh, 2020, arguably bad, like at least like average to below average, if not bad at times, 2021, fantastic. Like he was really good. Like I, he played really, really good football last year. So like, The difference between 2020 Preston Smith, where you're just like, man, can we get something out of him and 20 or like early 2019 slash 2021 Preston Smith, where you're like, man, this guy's a difference maker is huge. So which Preston Smith shows up? We've also joked about the odd years always being his really good years. Right. And this is an even year. So uh, he's due for a down year, I guess. So difference between the two, exactly. Right. Difference between the two is very, very massive. And again, the depth behind him, very, very questionable. So for me, Preston, number six.
3: Okay. So I didn't have Preston on my, he was on my list. He actually is in my honorable mentions as well. Um, But agree. Totally agree. I mean, again, like, when you can get a one-two tandem, like we saw with Rashawn and Preston last season, you're getting a really, really strong edge rush duo. But like you said, you never kind of know which Preston you're going to get. So hopefully, you know, we're getting consistency out of him. And obviously the Packers think that that's going to happen because they paid him and they brought him back. Um, yeah.
2: Uh, Who's Your number, you know, number six was Kenny Clark for you, right?
3: Yep. Number number seven seven. is also going to surprise you. All right. I'm in. can't wait. Um, Number seven is Randall Cobb.
2: Okay. Wow.
3: So again, I think I might've thought about this a little bit differently than you did, but I, I was like focused on like, okay, what does success look like for the Packers in 2022? And Cobb, again, I think is being a little underrated now, right? He was starting to like really ascend last season before he got hurt. He is now Rodgers' only wide receiver safety blanket. This is the guy he has played for or played with for years. There is no Devonta Adams. And I'm not at all comparing Randall Cobb to Devonta Adams. Never. They are completely different players. Cobb is going to be mainly in the slot. But this is the trust thing with Rodgers and who is going to be able to when he needs to check down, right? Like who is he going to go to? And in my mind, that's either an Aaron Jones or a Randall Cobb. So on top of that, right, you're getting three, four Sammy Watkins is in a rookie, but a bunch of new guys in the room. And I think, especially for the rookies, having a guy like Randall Cobb to help them through that development, you can put Amari Rogers in that group as well. There you go. Four, young guys who need that leadership. And again, you lose that in Devonte Adams, but you still have that in a Randall Cobb and maybe he's not going to ha- be 2014 Randall Cobb. No one's expecting that. But if he has Maggie, and I just talked about this on, on PAX, what she said, if you get a 600 yard six to eight touchdown season out of Randall Cobb, again, you're filling that Devonte Adams hole by committee. And that's a pretty big chunk of that hole that's being filled. And I think that's completely realistic to expect from him.
2: Yeah, that's fair. I didn't have Cobb on my list, but a couple things I'll say. Um, hey, you know who Randall Cobb reminded me of right before his injury last year? Who? Randall Cobb. <laughs> he reminded me of, like not far yeah. off from 2014 yeah. Randall Cobb. Like, honestly, yeah. like he had he that. Still he still got it. Like he was really impressive. And then he gets hurt. And then we have the last like image of Randall Cobb in our head from the 49ers game, where I think he was still banged up and he just couldn't get off coverage. And that's what like kind of sticks in your mind, but before injury, he looked fantastic. And the other thing I'll say really quick here is, you know, we talk about Roger's trust and who he believes in and stuff like that too. Right. And you're kind of going into that as well, but like we, we've heard of like Aaron still making audibles and checks from like eight years ago, you know, the only person left on this team that's going to know those Randall Cobb. Yeah. And I just I guarantee like if you're talking about like we've seen him have that ESP with Jordy, we've seen it with Devante. If he's gonna have that, that connection with anyone, it's going to be Randall Cobb. And that could be a huge security blanket for Rodgers and somebody that he uses quite a lot. So I don't I don't disagree with your ranking there. Um, that was your number seven. Yes. All right, number seven for me is Devondre Campbell. I won't go into too much detail here, but I mean he was a first team all pro for a reason last year right and I get Quay Walker new toy I get Chris Barnes like again you have like two ready made linebacker like ready to go linebackers if something were to happen with Campbell but Man, we, we don't have to go far back to know what this defense has looked like without a good inside linebacker, right? And I'm not saying, again, Barnes and, and, and Quay can't be good, but we know how good Devondre was a season ago. And if he's that again, it just changes this defense so much, and we don't have to look past last year and what defenses in the past looked like without that. To me, Campbell's got to be on the list somewhere. Mother's
0: Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile.
3: around here he's now in my honorable he probably would have like a, been 11 for me um completely agree I mean he changed the entire defense last season Agreed. um single-handedly and yeah so okay we'll go to eight mine is Robert tunyon
2: okay love um, my honorable mention
3: yeah so again like this is another one of rogers's favorite weapons and he got hurt last season and he was coming off of a career year, 11 touchdowns in, in 2020. It was reasonable to expect he would have another really successful season with Rodgers again. And I think depending on when he comes back, right? Like this offense is just the Packers offenses have always been under Rodgers different when they're, they have their top tight end, right? Like that guy at tight end. And again, without Devontae Adams, like you're looking for another, weapon that Rogers trusts and that is Tanyan and it's different because he's a tight end. And I think depending on when he comes back, hopefully it sounds like his rehab's going well, but I think he just adds another dimension to this offense that they were missing without him last year.
2: Yeah. I don't, I, like I said, I'm on my mention, but I agree with everything that you just said. I'm going to go to my number eight, which is Adrian Amos, Mr. Consistency Yeah, just to me is like an underrated leader of this defense And like, to me, he's like due for one of two things, right? Like he, some, some year he's just going to get this like eight interception year because he's always in the right place at the right time. Like, I know he's not then this like huge playmaker, but like, he's due for that. He's also sort of due for like an injury. like, he's just never been hurt. He's always there. He's always, but like, what, like, it's got like, so like the swings here again are massive. I love Adrian Amos. I think he's so dang good and he doesn't get the credit that he always is. Or he's starting to a little bit more, but he's been so good for green Bay again, Mr. Consistency. And he is number eight on my list. And I'm going to go right into number nine, which I think you will love. And my number nine is Eric Stokes. I just did an episode yesterday on players who I think can go from good to great, like legitimately great to me. Eric Stokes is on that list. He was good already a season ago. If he makes that jump to great and you legitimately have Jair and Eric Stokes two great corners, uh, that changes everything, and again, Brazil Douglas, not so bad, not too shabby as a number three either, there, right? So, like, but man, he makes a jump and is even better than he was a season ago. Like, where the heck are you throwing on the outsides in that situation? Just like good luck. So, for me, Eric Stokes, number nine.
3: Yep, had both of them also in my honorable mentions. It was
2: hard to make this
3: top 10, really like, was. very hard. This Packers and also made me feel better because. This Packers team is still going to be very good. Super talented, yeah. Um, again, I think my nine is going to surprise everybody, but mine's Mason Crosby. As I was th-
2: honorable mention. Yep.
3: I think when you have Mason Crosby at his best, and you have some level of consistency on special teams, and you know he's going to make those three points every time he's in there, you nice. you're going to win games. Like you win or lose games by your kicker, but we've also seen Mason Crosby be kind of inconsistent over the last couple of seasons. And I don't know what we're going to get this year. Is there going to be a kicker competition? But I say, if you're looking at success, you want, no, no kicker competition. It's going to be Mason Crosby. You just want him at what, you know, he can be and not at his inconsistencies.
2: All right. And then I'm gonna let you go finish with your number 10. Okay. Um, Christian Watson. We have the same number 10.
3: Really? Okay. So I say this, not because I think he's going to be like the heir apparent wide receiver one. I just think that if he can be at all productive as a rookie, you are looking at a very, very good offense. Like you don't need this, like a thousand yards from scrimmage, Justin Jefferson season. You just need someone who's going to come in and contribute, contribute consistently. And if he can do that, I think it just takes the Packers offense like from here to here.
2: This is what I was mentioning earlier, right? So like Green Bay to me has, doesn't have the guys where you can just, again, get the ball in their hands and make magic. Even Aaron Jones, who we're talking, he's still like a probably like a four or five, 40. He's not like a burner, right? He's not going to get in the open field. He can make people miss. So he's still a playmaker. Don't get me wrong. Not something they don't necessarily have playmakers, but They just don't have that guy that you get the ball in their hands and it's like, Oh my God, he can fly and he can hit another level and he can make things happen in the open field. To me, Christian Watson has the ability to be that guy where you just get him like on a drag route and he can take it 80 for a touchdown. You get a wide receiver screen blocked up well, and he can take it 80 for a touchdown. And I'm not saying he's going to do that. Um, I'm not saying that it's even fair that he should even be number 10 on this list. I don't necessarily know that that's doing him any favors, but as you mentioned, if he a, he has the ability to be that guy, he is so freaking talented. It doesn't take a scout's eye to see him in person and quickly pick up. Oh crap. He is massively talented. But like, again, if all of a sudden he hits anywhere close to that and sooner rather than later, it is just a night and day, different offense. And he has the ability to be that guy where you get the ball in his hands and he can make stuff happen. So I oh go ahead really quick.
3: I was just, I'm just surprised at how, um, we both had him at 10. I was thinking that you were going to think I was crazy for doing that.
2: Nope. I love it. All right. Recap your 10 really quick. so people can, in the comments can say who's they like better.
3: Okay. Uh, David Bakhtiari, Elton Jenkins, Rashawn Gary, Jair Alexander, Aaron Jones, Kenny Clark, Randall Cobb, Robert Tunyon, Mason Crosby, Christian
2: Watson. All right. I had David Bakhtiari, Rashawn Gary, Elton Jenkins, Kenny Clark, Jair Alexander, Preston Smith, Devondre Campbell, Adrian Amos, Eric Stokes, and Christian Watson. Perry, this was so much freaking fun. Thank you so much for doing this with me. Uh, I think people are going to enjoy this. Hopefully they did. If you did, comment below. Also, if you're on the YouTube, make sure you comment who did better, Perry or I. Clearly it was (laughs) me. Uh, But if you liked Perry, you can be wrong. That's your your choice. Uh, Perry, where can we follow you on Twitter and tell us about Pax, what she said?
3: Yeah, just follow me at Perry underscore Goldstein on Twitter. Um, Pax, which she said, is in full swing, gearing up for the season, going to have a bunch of, I think, really fun guests as usual. So catch me and Maggie every week. We'll have our Father's Day episode next week, which is usually a fan favorite. Our dads will be on. So, yeah.
2: Awesome. Can't wait. You can follow me on Twitter at Amy Herman NFL. You can follow the podcast at Packaday Podcast. Thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, I'll be right back here tomorrow on YouTube. Ross and Jacob and Jake will be back here tomorrow on the audio version. But until next time, and as always, go Paco. Go,
3: go Paco. Go.